evening and welcome to this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. This is the program where we get together each and every Sunday evening. We talk about the news of the week and the events of our often bizarre lives and where we provide you with a three-hour oasis of rationality in the desert of insanity, which is the American cultural and political landscape. And once again, Leah Brandon, this week, uh, I guess we could probably um, say that we never expected almost two years ago when we began the John and Leah show that we could describe this program as what we could now describe it as, which is basically chronicling the inevitable destruction of the American cultural and political landscape, because that's what we're seeing before us. And we certainly saw it in many different ways this week through a series of tragic events. Uh, The most dramatic, of course, was the slaughter of police officers in Dallas, Texas, by a lone, apparently lone nut black guy who was enraged by recent police killings. I I know that emotionally uh, you've pretty much had it. I've had it. I can't take anymore. I mean, seriously. I just feel like I've just been beaten to death. I mean, every day uh, there's injustice going on in the world. Um, These protests now are completely out of control. They're leading to police officers being killed, beaten, uh, concrete blocks thrown on their heads. It's just out of control. Uh, like, I can barely watch the news anymore. It's making me sick to my stomach. Um, it's giving me a migraine, and I have to sit down and write these stories every single day. I mean, I do this six days a week. Seriously, I need a mental health vacation. Well, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be another very bright and cheery edition of the John and Leah show. I understand what you're, where you're coming from, Leah, totally. I get it. Um, you know, I mean, bit, I'm not alone. People I, that I talk to, just normal citizens, are like, I can't watch it anymore. It's so bad. No, I, I hear you. And I, of the many different uh, impulses I have, uh, the one that comes to my mind first in reaction to what you just said is that, you know, Events that used to happen maybe once a year, maybe once yes. every other year, yes. are now happening once a month, maybe even w- once every other week. Hell, Orlando was less than a month ago. And by the way, did I not correctly predict that Orlando would be completely forgotten in basically yes. no time? And That's it, right. And there's been a couple of reasons for that, but one of them is that we've had a lot of other news occur, and you know it's it's impossible to compare just how horrific one event is to another, uh, but now we've got this Dallas circumstance, which is, by the way, not even the, it's certainly the biggest and the most tragic and the worst of all of these, but it, it's a part of an incredibly large picture that occurred this week of uh, absurd travesties and and injustices, as you described them, uh, and it, it is depressing. It is depressing mostly because I, I don't see what the answer is. I, I don't see what what hope there is, what light there is at the end of the tunnel. Right. You, you know, I got asked on a radio show actually in Louisville, my old stomping grounds there where we're on on WHAS in Louisville. Uh, you know, what can we do about this? And I said, you know, I got a great idea. How about we elect our first black president? <laughs> yeah. And then, and then after he does a lousy job, just so we want to make sure no one thinks we're racist by kicking him out after four years, let's reelect his ass. And and, yes. and and see how that works. How 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 will that work? And maybe that will solve 
the racial divide. If we can just prove to everybody that we're not a racist nation and that white people can and will vote for a completely unqualified black guy, half black guy, uh, for president, and then do it again four years later for no apparent reason, maybe then black people will realize that the deck is not stacked against them and that this is not a racist nation against uh, black people and that, therefore, sometimes bad things happen. Sometimes there are bad people that do bad things. Exactly. But, but, but you deal with it and you don't make things worse by pretending that you're living in a world where it's still 1962 in the Deep South. It's not. It's not the world we're living in. But there's a lot of people in power in black leadership and the media and the political leadership who want black people to believe that. And that, I think, and by the way, Barack Obama is one of them. Of and, course he is. Or and, else he'd be calling for these Black Lives Matter people to get off the streets They've overstayed their welcome and taken it to the next level. But they've been right about so much Black Lives Matter has, Leah. I mean, after <laughs> all, I mean, their, their credibility is so strong. I mean, I mean, they were the ones that, that immediately jumped all over, hands up, don't shoot. And they were able to shine the light of truth on what really <laughs> happened in that Michael Brown situation in Ferguson. They, they wouldn't let us forget it day after day, march after march. And, and when the facts all came out... It turned out that was all bullcrap. Total, right. 100% bullcrap. Don't believe me. Believe Eric Holder. Okay. <laughs> believe Eric freaking Holder. Uh, but not, you know, it, 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 it could not be more obvious that that was a lie. It was a complete and total lie. And that's how this whole Black Lives Matter thing started. But the media will never remind you of that because when you're a liberal group, it would be, and then you're black, it would be racist to hold you accountable for lies that you told. That's the yes, bizarre world that's living we're correct. in. That's correct. That's the bizarre world. And it's world. racist to expect uh, certain segments of our population to comply with police orders. It's racist. It's just flat out ridiculous. All right, well said. All right, now, now that you know what we feel about things, when we come back, we'll talk about the actual facts of the news of the week, and there's tons to get to on this edition of the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. That's where you can check out a whole bunch of stuff about the, uh, the show, but specifically each and every one of the 23 radio stations across this formerly great nation of ours, which broadcast this program on a weekly basis each and every Sunday evening. And the basis of this show is the news of the week, as well as often the bizarre events of our lives. This week obviously was a jam-packed week full of mostly very bad news, the worst of which occurred in Dallas, Texas, with a massacre of police there, apparently in retaliation uh, of recent events involving police officers and shooting of black men or killing of black men, and specifically Baton Rouge and in Minnesota. Leah, give us the updated version of what we now know about what did and did not happen in Dallas. Okay, well, nationwide protests did break out. This is from the Black Lives Matter people again this week, spurred on by partial videos of police shootings. 
posted on social media, one in Louisiana, the other Minnesota. In Dallas, that protest turned deadly. A 25-year-old black former U.S. Army reservist was seen on live television shooting and killing policemen overseeing a protest in downtown Dallas. In all, five policemen were killed, seven more were injured, Dallas Police Chief David Brown. The suspect said he was upset at white people. The suspect stated he wanted to kill white people, especially white officers. Well, that suspect was taken out by a bomb delivered by a robot. And now the Dallas Police Department is facing all kinds of backlash uh, for that, claiming it's not fair. President Obama was in Poland at the NATO summit. He seemed rather confused about why the shooter targeted the police. First of all, I think it's very hard to untangle the motives of this shooter. Uh, As we've seen uh, in a whole range of incidents with mass shooters, um, they are by definition troubled. By definition, if you shoot people who pose no threat to you, strangers, uh, you have a troubled mind. Well, we also know that he did it because he was targeting white people. Uh, Donald Trump actually had a measured reaction to this whole thing. Here's what he had to say. A brutal attack on our police force is an attack on our country and an attack on our families. We must stand in solidarity with law enforcement, which we must remember is the force between civilization and total chaos. Every American has the right to live in safety and peace. The deaths of Alton Sterling in Louisiana and Philando Castile in Minnesota also make clear how much more work we have to do to make every American feel that their safety is protected. Now, Hillary Clinton on CNN asked by Wolf Blitzer how to move forward. I will call for white people like myself to put ourselves in the shoes of those African-American families who fear every time uh, their children go somewhere, who have to have the, the talk about you know, how to uh, really protect themselves when they're the ones who should be expecting protection from encounters with the police. I'm going to be talking to white people uh, I think we're the ones who have to start listening right. to the legitimate cries that are coming from our African-American fellow citizens. Mm-hmm. And right now, there are more protests going on in Baton Rouge. Uh, there also are protesters uh, in Memphis, Tennessee, on the bridge, um, and also in South Carolina and Boston and other areas across the U.S., all right, uh, tons to talk to about. Let's go, before we talk about the reaction and the political aspects and the racial aspects specifically, let's go back to what actually did happen. Because uh, I, I like to get the facts first. I know that's a quaint notion. Uh, but oftentimes, especially in these circumstances, and once again, it was proven in this case, we say this all the time, when these things happen, we know that the first version of the story is not going to be accurate. It's just that's not. Right. And that's exactly what happened because... When this thing broke, 
we were told a whole bunch of things that now apparently are totally false. What happened to the other people? I know there was the one guy who, <laughs> who whose picture was tweeted out. All you had to do was look at it for half a second. You knew he wasn't the the right suspect because he just didn't it didn't right. look right. He didn't have the he right. He looked expression. very happy. He looked happy to be there. He was wearing a <laughs> tank top. I mean, that guy was there was not there to be uh, killing police officers, and right. yet and yet that became the first face associated with this. But forget about him for a second. All night long, it was reported that there were multiple shooters mm-hmm. and that there were... Triangulated. They kept using that word. Right. Well, because I guess, the, you know, Oliver Stone and uh, Dealey Plaza was right, you know, right around the corner there. So triangulation was his word with that bogus uh, theory on the JFK assassination. But anyway, I, I digress. So what happened to... There was a woman in custody at one point. Mm-hmm. There were there were other... Supposedly, there were four or five people. Even the next day, the police were saying, we believe that he had help in this. What happened to all the and others? Bombs. Bombs were everywhere. Well, he claimed that. That could have just been a lie. But what happened to the conspiracy that the authorities were so so clearly sure about? What happened? Uh, that's disappeared. I mean, I haven't heard a thing about it. I mean, it's uh-uh. like... It's it went a- away immediately after uh, he after the guy died. It just went quiet. I, I don't know what to make of that. I mean, I would like an explanation for, for who were these people, why did you think they were suspects, and why are you so certain... That this one guy pulled this thing off. I'm not suggesting, by the way, that that's not what happened. But yeah. when but when I was watching it, you know, it was a very interesting uh, roller coaster ride, although not a fun one at all, uh, emotionally as well as intellectually. Because when I first heard about the story, I had the same reaction most conservatives did, which is, well, obviously this was some sort of rogue Black Lives Matter. Uh, protester who went crazy and started shooting cops. But as right. the night went on and you saw the video and you saw how well armed this person was, how fearless they were, how much they clearly didn't care if they lived or died, how it appeared as if there were multiple people, the fact that there was only about 48 hours that they could have even known that this protest was even taking place, how quickly this was organized to happen. By the way, also the history of the Dallas Police Department, we got a, a popular black police chief right. with, a, with a department with no history of these events at all. I mean, yes. at all. None uh, of that matters, apparently. Well, well that, I want to get to that <laughs> shortly because that's an important aspect of this. But my point is, as I was watching this, I'm thinking – this can't possibly be directly related to the protest. This is I'm thinking this has got to be ISIS. I think, right. I'm thinking this is this seems way more like ISIS than it does a rogue black protester. And then all of a sudden the next day everything we were told about conspirators and everything else that disappears and it's one guy and he's a former military guy who apparently was recommended for a not honorable discharge. Uh, but it's just a, it's you know. And they found a manifesto at his house. Yeah, and <laughs> you said an interesting thing that you know didn't make any sense. These things are making less and less sense, and that and of course that sounds uh, redundant because how do you make sense of mass murder? 9/11 actually made sense, right? I mean, it was insane, but right. it, it was logical. You, they, they were targeting uh, our centers of uh, politics and. Uh, business and they want to make a point and it, and it all made some sense this these people are making no sense at all this guy lived in a middle class mixed race neighborhood after having worked for the u.s military for six years it's utterly terrifying and insane and we'll continue to cover it on the john and leah show on the free speech broadcasting network
Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And let's just quickly review where we are with regard to the reaction to the uh, Dallas massacre of innocent police officers. And what I was talking about in the, in the end of the last segment is that whether it's true or an imagination or somewhere in between, Leah, what we're seeing with these these terrorist attacks, and that's what this was, even if yep. it wasn't Islamic terrorism, it was clearly a terrorist act. This was uh, born out of racial hatred against white people. What we're seeing is an increasing lack of any semblance of any narrative that makes any sense, which to me is far scarier. And I, and I referenced 9-11 as at least that made sense. It was horrific and horrible, but at least was, it was seemingly within the realm of the logical world. Okay, you want to attack us, you hate us, you go after our centers of business, our centers of government, you do it in, a, in an ingenious way that can't be duplicated with the hijacking of airplanes and turning them into missiles. All, all that made sense, right, in a, in a perverted way. Orlando made no sense at all. I still don't think we have any real good, firm hold on what actually were the motivations there. And while we certainly know the motivations of the Dallas killer, despite what the president says, boy, it's really tough to untangle. We have no this. idea. It's just yeah. very tough to untangle this one. Uh, it's it's going to take Sherlock Holmes to figure out what really transpired here. By the way, we had no such problem when it came to the Charleston massacre and the That's black right. church. Oh, yeah, that was hatred and Confederate oh, flags. No. We, and... we, we not only knew it was hatred against white people, we knew specifically it was the Confederate flag's fault. That's, that's right. That's how easy that one was to unravel. We didn't right. just know the basic re- rationale or motive. We knew the exact provoking trigger point, although that's a, probably a bad phrase to use, although <laughs> accurate. The exact, tr- the exact provoked, the thing that provoked that killer into killing innocent black people in a Charleston church, we knew for sure was the Confederate flag. And we knew that because one page of, what was it, hundreds of pages of a manifesto that this nut job had put together had a photo of him with the Confederate flag. That was enough. That that led to renaming schools. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Taking down uh, 160 years of uh, history. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Stone Mountain, they were going to sand it over, whatever. I mean, it's just insane. Because of one photograph in a nut jobs manifesto. That one we unraveled just perfectly fine and very quickly. This one, much more mysterious. So, uh, at least to President Barack Obama. But, but, but the point I'm trying to make here is that this actually scares me. As a, as a logical person, when oh, things yeah. s- cease to make sense at all, I get the heebie-jeebies even worse than I, when I see evil. Evil that I right. can understand I feel like, okay, we can combat this, we can beat it. When, when you don't even can't make sense of it, then that to me is a situation that's far more desperate. Because how do you anticipate something you can't make sense out of? I mean, no one, there weren't, there weren't even, unlike Orlando, there were no apparent war, real warning signs here. I mean, of course, part of the problem is that if you voice public support for Black Lives Matter, that's not going to ever conceivably be something that is a red flag, certainly not to authorities, not like, you know, 
pro proclaiming your allegiance to ISIS might be in the realm of, of Islamic terrorism because that would be politically incorrect and that would be racist. So or or if you're a Tea Party member, if you're a Tea Party member, <laughs> boy, that's a red flag. Well, and then you, just you get, need to be paid attention to. Then you just get audited by the IRS, at least as far as we know so far. But OK, I, I understand your point. My my attempted larger point here is that the, this is a guy who you no one logically would have ever expected to do something this insane, uh, especially in this city. This was the last place, certainly in, in all of the South, that you would have expected this. I mean, Dallas is not Dallas anymore. Dallas, this is not the same Dallas of 1963 and the Kennedy assassination where all the police officers were white guys wearing 10-gallon cats. Hats. Right. I mean, it's not the same place anymore. It's a black police chief. They had done extraordinary outreach to the black community. My gosh, police officers were taking photographs, posing with the protesters before this happened. No incidents at all in the recent history of Dallas to suggest any rational anger against that police force at all. And yet this guy who spent six years in the U.S. Army ends up deciding this is how he's going to use his training, to kill innocent police officers. And there's just no making any sense of that. None. And, and, and by the way, again, just to point out, everything we were told at the start of this in the first few hours of the story turned out to be false. There was no, apparently no sniper. He could not. That was the other thing I couldn't figure out. How did he get down from his perch as a sniper right. to be down on the ground taking out police officers in hand-to-hand -hand combat. How did that happen? Well, apparently there was no sniper. That was also a lie. So anyway, and that, of course, also makes me wonder about these other episodes that were supposedly set in stone that provoked this guy's alleged anger. I think, Leah, that we're finding out, at least in the Minnesota situation, that this is not what we were told. And it, it really amazes me, and I've seen this happen time and time again in stories that I've even been involved with, either directly or indirectly, but we've certainly seen it in the realm of police shootings. Obviously, Ferguson is example number one, but, yeah. we, but we also have seen it, by the way, in Baltimore, where they can't get a conviction for that situation because nothing happened. That's uh, right. And, you know, well, there was no shooting involved, but we all, we've talked many times about what bullcrap the whole University of Missouri uh, poop swastika thing was. I mean, these stories always, always end up collapsing to some degree, if not totally, like hands up, don't shoot did. But they you know, do. But here's what really blows my mind. In Minnesota, we're now slowly starting to get a very different picture of what really happened there. And while it's horrific and horrible and it was broadcast live on Facebook, the death of this this guy, there is another side to that story. It appears to me that the facts are very consistent with a Hispanic, by the way, no one seems to want to mention that, a Hispanic police officer believing that the person driving the car was a, an armed robbery suspect. By the way, I think there's a fairly good argument that this guy was an armed robbery suspect. If you look at... Well, we know he had a gun. Right. Well, he, so, the, <laughs> But I'm trying to set the scene here. So, the, so he stops the car. The, the bit about the taillights is, is bullcrap. That did lie. not happen. That's a lie. That's not why he was pulled over. They not a routine stop, right. as uh, Hillary Clinton said. Right. They believe the, the, the police officer's mindset's the important thing here. He believed he was pulling over an armed robbery suspect because he believed that that guy matched the description of an armed robbery suspect. And if you look at the photos, 
while it's hard to tell for sure, it was not irrational to believe that. And it's not irrational to this day to believe that was the guy who had committed armed robbery. So so he comes up, and what does he see? A guy with a gun in his lap. Yep. Now, supposedly he says that he had a permit to carry, but there's no proof of that. There's, right. We, now, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist, but to this point, there is no proof that he had a permit to carry. Now, that those facts right there, right off the bat, you don't need to know anything else, that automatically at least creates the circumstances where this could be an honest misunderstanding. Where if you think you got an armed robbery suspect, he's got a gun in his lap, and he goes to grab it? Well, if you're the cop, what are you supposed to do? Exactly. What are you supposed to do? I mean, because cause who's, who's going to take care of that cop's family if he guesses wrong in that circumstance? Who? 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 I mean, and, and look, I, you know, I, and, and I get you know, there's a, there was supposedly a kid in the car. We don't know that for sure, but it appears from the video that taken afterwards that there was. But that doesn't mean it was there at the time. By the way, I'm a little bit weirded out by the fact that the first thing that this the woman in the car did was decide to broadcast this on Facebook. Yeah. I know. Is anybody else weirded out by that? Nobody? I mean, that, that seems, I'm not saying that that proves anything. It's just really strange. Because that's not that Wouldn't e- be my first thought. Right. Your, your boyfriend or whoever he is is dying in front of you. Let's yeah. broadcast this on Facebook. Um, so, but, 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 but now, but by now, the narrative has already been set. The narrative has already been set. And so anybody who goes against that narrative is automatically either a nut job at best or a racist nut job yeah. at worst. And so, therefore, there's an automatic hesitancy in the news media, any mainstream news media, any so-called reputable news media, to go, well, wait a minute. <laughs> and and here's the part that really drives me bonkers. Now, let me get to Baton Rouge for a second. Bat, the, bat, the video of Baton Rouge is horrendous, all right? I mean, and, and I don't care what we find out. What We may find out things that are that change that story, too. But the video of it itself is is just horrific. I mean, the guy is on the ground, two police officers on top of him, and the police officer shoots him in the head at point-blank range multiple times. Uh, now, I, I'm not, I've never been a police officer, but I, it's hard for me to understand what the circumstances are that would warrant that. I mean, wh- why you can't – if you need to shoot him, why can't you shoot him somewhere else, first of all? Um, and I'm not a hindsight 2020 guy on this. I mean, I've been, even though I've now, I think I have a little bit more credibility on this issue now that I've been roughed up by police myself. Uh, although I wasn't shot, I was roughed up pretty hard, but I was specifically targeted because of my political beliefs. Now, right. the police officers were too stupid to realize I was on the right side and they were defending the bad guys. They thought I was the bad guy. So I'm, I'm open-minded enough to at least understand that that was their intent. They thought they were taking out a bad guy, even though they had the, the, the white hats and the black hats mixed up in that situation. They, they weren't educated enough to know that. But, but I'm still going to defend the police, but that video is, is horrendous. But here, here, let's just presume for a second that Baton Rouge is as bad as it seems, all right? And I don't know, do you have any thoughts on that, Leah, that ba- about Well, Baton- there are two videos. Right. Uh, have you seen the second one? Uh, yes, it, I did, yes. The thing is, it's hard to, to put the two together. I can't really figure out what happened. Um, I I have difficulty with this because I, there are four shots fired and I don't know where they're coming from. Okay, look again, I'm all for getting to the bottom of it and I'm open to there might be yeah. another side of the story. I'm just saying I don't know. I'm just saying I get the outrage over the video of Baton Rouge, but here's where I'm going. What I don't get is 
So we get Baton Rouge one day, and what, a couple days later, we get this horrendous Facebook Live presentation of a death in, in Minnesota that, to me, is not even in the same, same stratosphere based upon what we currently know. So the logic, or quote-unquote logic, behind this, I guess, is that because we have two in a short period of time, what, what what's the theory of the Black Lives Matter people? That suddenly police officers across the country decided, you know what, it's been long enough since Ferguson, we can go back to killing black guys again, indiscriminately, and there must have been a memo sent out, you know, a secret email to police officers as far and wide as Baton Rouge, Louisiana, (laughs) and Minnesota, that all of a sudden everybody got on the same page, and it's time to kill black guys indiscriminately, and for no reason again. That's, that's... It's just flat out ridiculous. It's absurd. That, yeah. so, but that, but that's what you have to believe in order for this to somehow be representative of some larger meaning. Baton Rouge is all that we've got right now that make to me that really cries out for an explanation. And who knows? Let's wait. How about we wait? Because we've certainly seen no, no, a no, 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 no. Yeah, I know. We don't wait. Never let a no, crisis go we to waste. Jump no. on half no. a video of half of an incident. Right. Well, and, and of course, other people. You know what? We're, we're way past break. So let's take a break. I'll, I'll give a further explanation for for why the truth is so screwed in these situations when we come back on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Sickler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. In the next hour, I want to go back to the specifics of the uh, Dallas case and the real meaning of it, uh, the impact of it going forward, and the political reaction to it. But before we do that, I want to spend uh, the next few minutes going back to the beginning of this week, which seems like so long ago, mm-hmm. and these events which allegedly created the anger in the Dallas killer's mind to go ahead and and although he apparently was was planning this for quite a while the current theory is that these circumstances in Baton Rouge and in Minnesota provoked him into going through the plan that he had had for quite a while by the way I'd be remiss if I didn't at least point out that with regard to Baton Rouge the guy who died the black guy who died was convicted of being a um a sex offender. He, I don't know if yes. you know. I don't know if you know that or not. But uh, and it wasn't a technical uh, type of situation. He was 20 years old and he had sex with a 14 year old girl. All right. Mm-hmm. So now, um, again, no choir boy doesn't mean clearly doesn't mean that you deserve to die. But it's it's weird, isn't it, Leah? How the people who get involved in these circumstances always are criminals. Always, always have a, have some sort of a serious record. It's it's in, criminals. it's inevitable. Why mm-hmm. is that? And why won't anyone criminals? Ask? And they always fight the cops. Right. So there's a reason why that is the case, and I think it it goes to the the cop side of these stories. But of course, the cop side of these stories doesn't get told. And nope. in these two circumstances, specifically, because you got video, you got two videos in the Baton Rouge case of the actual shooting, and then you've got this live Facebook broadcast by the woman in the car in Minnesota. So right off the bat, the cops are screwed because why? 
The narrative gets set by the first person to tell a story that the media wants to hear. You bet. That's what happens, folks. And that's in everything. And when you got a, a, a black person who was killed by police and the police aren't black, automatically the media is going to embrace whatever it is your story is. And if you're telling your story first and you're telling it with video and that, so that now all of a sudden the cops have got two and a half strikes against them. And now anyone that comes to the cops defense is inherently racist and therefore no one wants to do it. And that's why inevitably we're seeing it in Minnesota, the truth will seep out but it will seep from the bottom up of the media food chain. It's not going to start at ABC, NBC, CBS, or even CNN, or even Fox. Fox might be the first one to elevate it because, you know, th- their audience isn't going to get pissed off. But by then but, it's too late. Well, you're, you're right. That's what really pisses me off. And I've seen this, again, in stories that I've been involved with, where the narrative gets set in 24 hours, and yeah. even no matter how absurd the narrative is no matter how much you disprove it later it doesn't matter because right. people have already made up their minds and once the it's media concrete. Be- and once the media becomes invested forget about it. it's one thing for the narrative to be set in concrete it's even worse if the media is invested in maintaining that concrete and correct the, and the vast majority of the media being out out liberals they are very much invested in this narrative. Plus, it's good for their business. Racial discord is fantastic for the media business because it's ratings. It's something yep. everybody is invested in and everybody inherently understands. And you literally got black and white. It's the perfect media story. And that's why this thing is never going to get fixed. We got pa- cowardly, clueless politicians who not only don't have the courage to fix it. They don't even have an incentive. They don't want to. They have no incentive. Look at the black look at look at the black caucus, the congressional Correct. black caucus. I was stunned by this and I, I didn't get a response, but I texted my good friend Democratic Congressman John Yarmouth in Louisville when I saw the Congressional Black Caucus come out. This is after Dallas. Now the Congressional Black Caucus should have been saying unabashedly enough yeah they they should have said this is ridiculous stop it black people this is not this is not us this is not right this is not justified Uh uh-uh there was none of that it was all about what gun control gun gun control it's unreal gun control it's just unreal are you serious like there's not enough time for gun control issues Later on, this is the morning after a national tragedy where innocent police officers are slaughtered in the white, but because of their race and because some nut job was was brainwashed. And that's what happened. This guy was brainwashed by whatever media he consumes into believing that white police officers are going around indiscriminately, purposely killing black guys for no reason. That's what caused this. Well. And the Congressional Black Caucus probably believes the same thing, or they would be stopping it. I, you know, I don't know. It's crazy because, because they they all have an incentive to keep this it going, fire burning. They they it's good for them. It's good for their politics. It's good for their notoriety, their their stature. They're important because they're black politicians. It's it, we, the the grievance business, uh, which we've seen for decades. I mean, Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton have, and many others now, have made livings 
based upon these stories. If they go away, they go away. And it's just disgusting. And and it's going to have enormous impact way beyond just the horrific uh, cost of this week and the five officers who died and the others that were injured and obviously all their family and friends have suffered greatly. When we come back, I want to talk about that and the political reaction, specifically by uh, Hillary, Obama, Trump, and some others. We'll do that in hour number two, coming up next on the John and Leah Show, right here on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. 